Welcome to this GemTrain.org presentation, where you will be able to enjoy some wonderful free content that we sincerely hope will help you overcome the challenges of autism. Some content from this presentation is not included here, but the entire presentation is available on our website, GemTrain.org. My name is JC Voorhees. I am a board-certified music therapist. I am the director of Harmony Music Therapy. We have been serving the Salt Lake community for the last 10 years and focus primarily on working with kids with autism and other special needs, as well as mental health challenges. I love music and I always have. I've always played the piano and I learned how to play the guitar when I went into this degree because it's a way for me to express myself. When I've um, been in hard times or have just wanted to communicate to other people what I'm experiencing, music has been my go-to. Um, it's a great way for me to relax and um, to even just pass the time and to just get more out of life. It makes life a richer, more beautiful experience than it would be otherwise. I see the power of music extending to kids who are on the spectrum and with other special needs who may not have the same skills to be able to express themselves. And so if I'm using it to express myself, why not help a child who has limitations with those kinds of expressions to use music to do that as well? And then it starts to extend to other skills. It can help kids to communicate, to pay attention, and um, to, to do so many other things that might not happen otherwise. Music accesses everything in our development, and it can help us to grow and to become more of the people that we were meant to be. When I first started my career as a music therapist, I started working at Jordan Valley School with kids with severe and profound special needs. And I had been trained in how to use music to help these kids to achieve greater um, academic success and you know, focus and social skills and communication and all of those areas. But I was not ready for the power that was gonna come through that music. When I worked with the kids and saw them come alive in music therapy, it was incredible to see that power. Um, I, there were some kids who would, would get really aggressive and um, couldn't really focus in the classroom. And then suddenly when we were in the music therapy session, they were so engaged and so excited. Some kids who didn't make any sounds or anything like that, when we were in music, they would request an instrument and start to communicate with me. And it was incredible to see that connection that, that music helped them make with the outside world. And it was such a privilege to be a part of that. And it still is now as we extend our services to more kids in our community. I think of one, he was not a boy, he was a teenager in particular who had autism, who um, he, he spent his day walking the halls or walking his classroom constantly humming like a mmm, and he couldn't, he didn't have any verbal language uh, or any way to communicate with other people, but he used constant music. And when I brought him into the music therapy session, he was, always wandering the room, um, which is how he was acting in the class. But over time, over a few months, he gradually started to sit with me and play the piano. And it became this incredible source of connection for the two of us, where I would play on the bottom notes and he would play on the top. And he sat there with me for up to 30 minutes at a time. And 
music became his expression and there were times that he would stop and look at me, which he didn't normally look at people as we played music together. And it was, that was, that's been one of the most impactful uh, experiences of my life was to connect with him through music. We took recordings of what he played and I played it for his parents at uh, an IEP meeting, an individualized education plan meeting. And his parents were just floored. They're saying, that's my kid playing the piano? Like, I didn't know he could do that. There's no way that just happened. And um, it, it was just amazing that music became his voice, where he didn't have a voice that could speak words that he could speak with music. And it was absolutely amazing. For some kids, being in an emotionally heightened state might include aggression. They might start to hit you or hit siblings. For other kids, they might throw themselves onto the floor and start stomping their feet and putting their hands in fists and throwing their hands around. They might scream and yell. And it's just, for every kid it's different and for every parent, it's frustrating and overwhelming to see your child experiencing this really heightened emotional state. So with these music techniques, they don't help necessarily when they're in a phase of, of high escalation. Where these techniques are gonna be the most useful are when they're on this upward trajectory of reaching that state that you can catch that and decrease it a little bit, or after they've already been in that really heightened state and they're starting to de-escalate. So for my own kids, when they are beside themselves screaming, really struggling, there's sometimes there's just not a whole lot I can do except hold them, make sure that they know that they're loved and that I hear them. But when they start to calm down and it starts to change a little bit, that's where I can come in and say, hey, let's do our calming song. Or maybe before they get to that point, when things are starting to, I notice that they're starting to get agitated either by the things that they're saying, the sounds that they're making, or the actions they're taking, I can step in again and say, hey, let's, I can see that you're getting upset. Let's use our calming song. Admittedly, that can be so hard as a parent because you start to get heightened a little bit too. But if you have these techniques in place and you have an idea of what to do to help them, it can help you stay more calm and regulated in the moment. So there's two suggestions I like to give to parents on how to help their kids with their emotional regulation. And the first is to use calm music throughout the day. This can be a really simple thing, uh, but it sometimes takes a little bit of extra planning. So it might mean that you choose a playlist ahead of time that you play at specific times of the day. And it's easiest if you choose those times that are most difficult on a consistent basis. In my house, that's an hour before dinner. <laughs> it's just a difficult time. The kids are hungry. It's too close to dinner for me to give them a snack. And it's just a hard time in my house. So you choose a time that is consistently difficult and intentionally choose music that you can play during those times that was, is gonna set the tone in your home to be a more calm environment. For you, that might look like putting on a Pandora station that's titled relaxation. I personally like a guitar relaxation. It has a nice sound, but you can find something that works for you. Or if you have other types of music that your child enjoys or that you enjoy, that's gonna help you to feel better too, because you are just as important, play that music. Let that be in your home and help it set the tone. The music that you choose is just important for you to help you feel calm as it is for your child. 
because being a parent and being a child, it's a two-way street as you're learning together. So choose things that you enjoy as well as things that your child enjoys and let it set the tone in your home to promote a calm environment. If you happen to have a child who struggles to express what they're feeling, you understand what that's like to feel like there are just so many roadblocks. Maybe they just don't have the words. Maybe they say the same word every time. I feel happy because that's what the only feeling they understand, even if they're saying happy when they actually feel sad or when they feel angry, which we see a lot with our clients. But it's interesting because when you bring music into the picture, they might say, I feel happy and then smack that drum, which tells me you look like you might be feeling a little bit more frustrated or angry. Music opens up this whole world of communication and expression and helping your child to help others understand what they're feeling and what they're going through. And when you give that gift to your child of music, enabling them to express themselves instead of just that verbal hashing over and over, I don't understand what you're feeling, what are you feeling? But when you say, tell me if this song is right or wrong, or you tell me what song you wanna play right now, it opens up a world of communication and your child is finally gonna feel like they have a voice and that they are being heard and that someone understands what they're feeling. We have three suggestions on how to use music at home to help your kids to express their emotions. The first involves teaching your kids to play instruments to express themselves. The next is to create an emotional regulation playlist. And the last is to use a specific song to help your child learn how to respond when they're feeling certain emotions. That first suggestion of using instruments to express their emotions is a really fun way for both the kids and the parents to connect with emotions on a fun and a meaningful level. So whatever instruments you have in your home, whether they be, well, most people have a piano. I was gonna say drums, let's see. <clears throat> Whatever instruments you have in your home, whether it's a piano, maybe you have a guitar or some kind of drums in rare cases, those are really great instruments to use to express emotions. I also suggest a kazoo because they're a dollar and anyone can play them and they are a really fun way to express yourself. So what you do as a parent is when your child is in a calm state, ideally, bring out those instruments and play a game. One that we like to do is using the song, If You're Happy and You Know It. So you can have your child play, if I'm happy and I know it, I play like this. You know, and they play their instrument however feels happy. And then you can change that emotion. If I'm angry and I know it, I play like this. And they might play harder and you can show them, this is what it's like when you're angry. You feel like you wanna do more with your body, more energy. And again, using fewer words, so you let the music talk. Another suggestion we have is to create an emotional regulation playlist. So this means that you have specific songs for different emotions. So maybe you have a playlist that has a few happy songs and a few sad songs, and one that maybe has ones that are more angry. I know as far as angry songs that Lego Batman is a great resource. <laughs> My kids love Lego Batman. And because Batman has some internal conflict, it's a lot of really intense music. So um, that can be a great way to help your child connect with those feelings of feeling angry. This is what it sounds like when, when you're angry. You can also use props like this. Um, I believe this came from 
Target or the dollar store. But this has different emotions on it. Joyful, angry, worried, happy, sad, bored, surprised. And these are all emotions that your kids are gonna feel. And so to bring this out when they're feeling a certain way and to help them identify and then say, let's play that on the drum or on the kazoo. What does that sound like? Or let's get a song off of your emotional playlist and, I, and help to connect that to some of these emotions. Our last tip on helping your kids to express their emotions has to do more with helping them to express what they need in an appropriate way in response to an emotion. So this is a song that I created for a girl with autism who tended to be aggressive when she was feeling angry. And we wanted to teach her to replace that aggression with saying she needed a break. So this is the way this song sounds and you're gonna get an mp3 of this song as well. When I feel angry, I make a lot of noise. I throw my arms and hit. Then I go to timeout. Then I go to timeout. A better choice would be to tell my mom that I need a break. I can say it, I need a break. I can sign it, I need a break. Then The intent of that song is to outline what's happening for the child. When she was at school, they would need to have her separate from the class when she was being aggressive so that she wouldn't hurt anybody. And it was a negative experience for her. And so we started to teach her what is an appropriate way to request a break or to respond when you're feeling angry. And that appropriate response is to ask for a break so that she wasn't being removed, but she was choosing to go to a place where she could calm down. So we would teach her to say, I need a break. And she started to sing that when she was getting frustrated. She'd say, I need a break, I need a break. And then, or we could, we could teach some kids to sign, break, break. And so some kids that I've used that song with as well, when they're feeling frustrated, we say, do you need a break? And they would just say break. Um, using their sign language. And so that song, in a very literal way, taught how to respond when they're feeling angry and upset in a way that helps them to express their emotion in an appropriate way. I like to use the song, The Farmer in the Dell, to put music into this transition. And you use it in a way that you first state what's happening now, and then you use a part of the song to say what's going to happen next. So for example, if we're playing with our toys, I might sing, we're playing with our toys, we're playing with our toys. And then I say what's gonna happen next. It's almost time to clean up. We're playing with our toys. So again, we're playing with our toys, we're playing with our toys. It's almost time to clean up. We're playing with our toys. So the child feels comfortable knowing, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. We're playing with our toys. There's something that's about to change and it's that we're almost gonna clean up. So then you can maybe sing that as many times as you want or leave it at that. And then when it is time to clean up, you say, we're cleaning up our toys, we're cleaning up our toys, and then see what's happening next. Because we're getting ready for bed, we're cleaning up our toys. So again, you can sing that as many times as you want. And there might be some disruptions and difficulties with cleaning up the toys, but at least they know what's coming and it's not suddenly pulling them away. 
So you can sing that again. We're cleaning up our toys. We're cleaning up our toys. It's time to go to bed. We're cleaning up our toys. And then you just do the next step. So if the next step is to go upstairs, we're going up the stairs. We're going up the stairs to put on our pajamas. We're going up the stairs. So that structure of saying what's happening now and then giving that clue of what's going to happen next and then re-emphasizing that that last line, what's happening now, can help your child to feel more comfortable and more understanding of what's going to change in their environment and it helps to minimize that natural fight or flight response they feel when they feel like they're just being taken away from what they want to do. So not only does the music make it more enjoyable because it's musical, but it helps set a structure and an expectation for what the child can is about to experience. So with that transition song, that is most often coming from the parent. So you notice if your child normally has a hard time going from putting toys away to going to bed or from you know eating breakfast to getting in the car or whatever transition is difficult, the parent can use that song to soften the experience for the child and help make it more bearable and help them understand what's going on. Um, your child might even start singing that on their own, knowing that when they're about to change something, they might sing about what that's gonna look like and what that's gonna be. So it's something that's most often gonna come from the parent, but the child can use it to even self-regulate for themselves as well. Many children with autism have delays in communication and verbal language. They're not able to say the things that they wanna say, or they might not even just have the right words at the right time, and, and communication can be difficult for both the child and the parent. Music has a direct link to communication. It lights up all areas of the brain. They like to say it's like a Christmas tree when music is going on. And so it's lighting up not only the speech centers, which are on the left side, but also centers on the right side that are responsible for singing. So there's some kids who might not be able to speak, but they can still sing, which is absolutely incredible. And so in music therapy, we use music as both a tool for motivation and facilitation. So with motivating your child, music, when it's present, can help your child to be more excited to communicate and want to communicate more, which is why that singing, partially why that singing is happening, because it's fun to sing. And not only is it coming through a different part of the brain, but it's just a fun way to express themselves. We hope you're enjoying this presentation. At any time, we invite you to go to gemtrain.org and gain the additional guidance from this presenter that can help you fully grow and flourish as you gain the skills and confidence to help those you love on the autism spectrum. Music is a powerful way to help kids learn to communicate and express themselves. Singing itself promotes language development because it slows down speech, it adds a melodic component to it, and it can increase the likelihood of understanding what people are saying and also increase the likelihood that your child can actually say it themselves. Some kids can't speak, but they can still sing. And we can use that to help them to increase their ability to communicate with other people and to use verbal language. So for example, when you leave off the last word of a musical phrase and then require that your child fill it in, they're gonna be more likely to do that because they know what's coming next and it's a pattern that's in their brain to know the end of Twinkle Twinkle ends with star. Twinkle, twinkle, little 
star. If you've sung that enough times, that's already in their head. And so the likelihood of them being able to say that word increases tenfold. Music also impacts your brain in a way that enables you to get those words out. It's firing up all of the speech centers in the brain, as well as areas that are responsible for singing. And all of that can work together to make it so much more likely that your child will start to communicate and use verbal language. Music also motivates language because it's so interesting and engaging. And when your child has music present to help them to speak and to engage in language, it's gonna be so much more likely that they will be able to use music to communicate and get the words out. You have a few options of mp3 songs that you can use that are related specifically to helping your child to fill in a word. And we've created some of these songs with specific intents. For example, if we need a child to learn how to say thank you or I need help, we put those into songs. So with saying I need help, we put that phrase at the end of a musical phrase so it leaves off space in a way that your child wants to fill it in. This song is called I Need Help and it leaves off a phrase at the end so the child can learn to fill in and say, I need help. And it sounds like this. If I can't do it by myself, I say I need help. If I need you to come to me, I say I need help. So there's more to that song, but what you would do is take off that last word. If I can't do it by myself, I say I need help. And if there's enough repetition, the child is familiar enough with it, then that space is going to be so frustrating. Then <laughs> it becomes so motivating, motivating for them to say help or to sign it if you've been teaching them how to sign. So that song, again, it just puts that in your mind. It makes it uncomfortable enough with that pause that your child wants to fill it in. And then eventually they might even sing that on themselves, sing that by themselves. I worked with kids who after using the song, every time I saw them would start just to say, I need help <laughs> whenever they needed help. And so it's incredibly powerful to let the music get ingrained in them and let them use that functionally. Another example is saying, thank you. When someone does something nice, I tell them, thank you. So again, that thank you is at the end of the phrase, so it's setting up this expectation. When someone does something nice, I tell them, thank you. So you'll have these recordings, and the more that you play them, and that you listen to them in the car, or wherever you happen to be, then your child is gonna know them. And so say you're leaving grandma's house and you say, what do you say when we leave? You don't need to ask, what do you say when we leave? We say, when we leave from grandma's house, I tell her, thank you. So it's gonna help your child be set up for success and know what to say, instead of you just saying, well, what do you say? And they're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you teach them what to say through that song. Our other tip, aside from just leaving off the last word to encourage communication, is to simply sing with your child. As I mentioned, singing slows down speech. It adds melody and it increases the likelihood that your child is going to hear and understand language better than if it's just spoken. There's a reason that nursery rhymes are so popular and it's because they help so much with so many aspects of development, but especially with communication. So the more that you sit with your child 
and sing songs, whether it be at bedtime or in the morning or whatever routine happens to work for you, the more language they're gonna understand and the more likely they're gonna be to start to communicate. So singing Itsy Bitsy Spider, Old MacDonald, Bingo, all of those classics are more than just having fun with your child. It's helping them to develop that language that's gonna stay with them as in their development. Oftentimes as parents, we work on using imitation as a way to teach our kids. We say, clap your hands or stomp your feet or you know whatever you're doing for play, as well as clean, you know, brush your teeth like this or wash your hands like this. The struggle with kids who have autism is that research has shown that they have underdeveloped mirror neurons. Mirror neurons are one of the things in your brain that help you see what other people are doing and want to do it yourself. And for kids with autism, those aren't developing the same as most people. And so kids with autism don't typically imitate what other people are doing just because their brain isn't working the same way. And so that leads to some of those struggles that we see with communication because they're not imitating what other people are saying or um, with emotional regulation, they're not imitating a calm voice or a calm demeanor. So it's important to work on those imitation skills and music is an incredible way to do that because music is inherently a social experience and the kids generally are so excited to play that they can't help but imitate. And imitation doesn't mean that you do exactly what someone else does. Like I play a specific rhythm and they have to play the same one, but it's I play the drum and they're so interested in it that they wanna come play too. So we look at that as imitation and then we can use that to move to other forms of imitation like vocal or movements and things that the child is really going to respond to and progress with in their development. Music provides a welcoming opportunity for a child to imitate. They don't have to do exactly what you're doing, but if you're both playing the same instrument, suddenly you're paying attention to the same thing. Maybe one of you is on the bottom half of the piano while the other one is playing on the top half and you're just playing together. You don't have to imitate the same rhythm, the same notes, anything like that. Although if you do get into that and you play bum, bum, bum and wait, and maybe they do the same thing, then that's graduating to a whole other level. But when you're first starting, it creates this welcoming opportunity for your child to just play in a way that they don't even realize they're imitating, but it's starting to train their brain to see what someone else is doing, to be enticed to do it with them, and to join in that social opportunity. We often don't realize how important imitation is, but if you think about your own experience, even in adulthood, you learn so much by seeing what other people are doing. If you're in the workplace and you see how someone else files something or how somebody interacts with a customer, you learn, you gain an incredible amount of information from seeing what other people are doing and trying it yourself. And so when you're parenting your child, it's critical to be aware of that of that role of imitation, helping your child to learn how to brush their teeth, to wash their hands, to um, go get a bowl of cereal or whatever they need to do. If you want, <laughs> the difference is, if you want to tell your child specifically every step to do, of, of how to do everything they're ever going to do, that's one thing. But if you want your child to learn how to do things for themselves and to be able to have some kind of autonomy and control, then they need to be able to imitate and to do things that they see other people do that work.
If your child can't imitate, as is the case with so many kids with autism, because of those underdeveloped mirror neurons in the brain, it, music becomes a critical way to help them to be able to do that. When you play music together and they start to imitate the things that you're doing, they're developing those pathways in their brain. They're strengthening the things that might not have been developing as strongly as in other kids. And they're learning those pathways and they're developing that ability to imitate that is gonna stick with them and have a positive impact for the rest of their lives. Kids with autism often have a difficult time processing language and understanding what other people are saying or even hearing what other people are saying. So often they might be so caught up in their own sensory experience that verbal language kind of just doesn't even, it bounces off their ears, right? So as a parent, you might've experienced that, asking your child to do something and they just don't seem to hear you. And in some cases, especially with a child with autism, they might not have heard you. Music, because of the way it touches your brain, can be a totally effective way to help your child hear and understand what you're saying. When someone is just talking, your brain processes that speech in certain areas of the brain. But if somebody sings and says it different, then suddenly you kind of key in a little bit different and it lights up these other areas of your brain that's gonna make it more likely for your child to hear you and understand you. And I'm not saying you need to sing to your kids all day long, that would be weird and most parents don't want to and it would kind of get old for your child. But if there's times that there's a specific thing you're asking your child to do, maybe to put on their shoes or to get in the car, if you do something as simple as putting it to a rhythm, like put on your shoes, put on your shoes, and you can even do that three times, like a little song, then your child's so much more likely to hear what you said and to respond to it. This of course does not make it so that they're going to uh, be motivated to follow your directions. This is just making it more likely that, that they're going to hear and understand your directions. You can also use this to help with routines, like let's get ready for bed. I know that in my house, getting ready for bed can be a major battle, but we started doing a little song where I snap my fingers and I say, let's get ready for bed. Let's get ready for bed. Potty pajamas, brush your teeth. Let's get ready for bed. And so even if my kids didn't start getting ready for bed right away, it's not like they just kind of walked and started getting their pajamas on just because I sang the song, but they would kind of start to dance a little bit with it too. And they would start to sing, let's get ready for bed. And it become this, became this fun thing in our house um, because they heard what I said. They knew exactly what was expected of them. And even though I would still help them walk through the, the steps, they heard me and they understood me. And I knew that they heard me because they were singing the exact same words. And so that's something that you can start to implement with your kids is to put a little song or a little rhythm behind the directions that you're saying when you don't feel like your kid can hear you. All children have a learning curve when it comes to controlling their impulses. That's just part of growing up and it's something that can be really frustrating as a parent, especially when those impulses might involve aggression or hitting other people um, or running out into the streets. Um, it can be really difficult. So practicing their ability, a child's ability to control an impulse can be really helpful. And that's a really fun and simple thing you can do through music, uh, just to, to practice stopping and going. And we do that through um, doing that with instruments themselves or with 
dancing. So with, if you're doing a stop and go game with instruments, you might just have a drum or guitar or a piano or whatever instruments are there, your kazoos, and just play. We have a little song that we say, make a little music all together, make a little music. And then we just stop at certain points and then the child has to say go. So if you're using a drum, for example, you might say, play, play, play your drum. Play, play, play your drum. And now get ready to stop. And everyone has to stop. They put their hands in the air or whatever kind of cue you want to do to make sure that they can't play. And it just becomes a fun way to go and to stop. And then they can shout, go, play, play, play your drum. And then always making sure that you are playing. Let's see. A fun way to do this is to use your a drum if you happen to have one or just any instrument and to sing. Play, play, play your drum. Play, play, play your drum. And now get ready to stop. Make sure everybody stops. With a lot of kids, you'll have to hold their hands down or even take away their instrument and then give it back when someone shouts, go! And then you play it again. And that's a great way to practice using their body to stop doing something that they were doing before and that might be really motivating. They might want to keep playing. The more you do it, the more they practice stopping and going, the more successful they're going to be. You can also do this with movement, with a freeze dance. And this is as easy as putting on a favorite song and pushing pause. So everyone's dancing and playing while a favorite song is going and then you freeze. And then you dance again when the music starts. And it's especially fun for kids to be in charge of starting and stopping the music. They love that. So when they are making it so you get to stop and go, they just absolutely love that. So play around with the stop and go and knowing that it relates to impulse control. It's not gonna solve all the problems. It's not gonna stop your child from running away, but it will help them understand more of what that means when you say stop. They'll know that that's what their body needs to do. So the more that you practice, the more likely they'll be to hear and understand and know how to respond. So parents, you want to connect with your child, but if you're asking your child to come to where you are as a parent and being responsible for all of these things, then you're gonna have a hard time connecting. What your child craves is for you to come to where they are, to meet them in their world, and to understand what they experience, feel what they feel, and join them in those meaningful, joyous, and aggravating experiences. Music is an incredibly meaningful way to be with your child where they are. You're not asking them to change who they are. You're not asking them to become something else. You are just getting to know your child for who they are and learning about who they are and their strengths and their weaknesses all through music. You learn about who they are and you start to connect with them as you meet them where they are and you get to know who, they, who this child really is, which if your child had autism and maybe if they don't speak, or they don't act the way that you had anticipated, or they, they do things that are perplexing, you can start to just see them for who they are and not for who you thought they could be or anything, but just loving your child and seeing those beautiful strengths that they have to offer as you engage in music. So this kind of connection can come through simply playing music together. If you're a musician, don't ask your child to come to where you are. 
but do what your child is doing. If they sit at the piano and they play around with certain notes or they hit it all, do the same thing. Imitate them, play with them, make it a back and forth interaction and see what your child has to offer. If you want to dance together or have their favorite songs and maybe they listen to the same song over and over and over and you get kind of tired of it, that's okay. Dance to it, experience it in a new way. Try to see it the way your child does and engage in that music in a way that's gonna help you to connect with each other. And by the way, if your child does have a song or something that they listen to and crave over and over and over, that's not a bad thing. That's them wanting that security and that repetition that not only helps them to feel safe and comfortable, but is also helping them to learn and ingrain those concepts. So if they wanna hear the same song over and over and over again, and you're about to go crazy, then choose to experience it in a new way with them. Whether that, be, whether that means that you dance with them or listen to it in a different place or with, however you wanna include that, play instruments to it, then it can change your experience and help open your eyes to maybe what it is that your child loves about this song. And it will also increase your child's feelings of safety and security, knowing that you are there with them. Parents, this is a way for you to truly connect with your child. When music is involved, it's accessing so much of the human experience, including emotion. And when you and your child are experiencing that same emotion through music, you're gonna create a bond that is deeper than you could imagine. So do that through dancing together, listening to your favorite songs together, share your favorite songs with your child and show a little bit of who you are as well. You can create a playlist of your child's favorite songs and listen to that at specific times of day if you want. And you can also play those instruments together and play back and forth with some of the other techniques that we've shared here in a way that your intent is to join your child where they are, get to know who they are as a person and see them for the unique and powerful being that they are. I understand that parenting is hard. I've been at it for a few years now and I have really bad days. And there's times that I am at my wit's end and I don't know what to do. I'm sure that in your time as a parent, there's been times where you have felt overwhelmed, feeling like there's no answers for you, or maybe that there's your child is just so misunderstood that you don't know where to go from there. My hope is to share some of these things that I have learned and used with kids as a music therapist to help them to overcome their unique challenges and for kids on the spectrum to be able to relate and connect with other people on a really meaningful level. And one of the most important things is to connect with you as a parent and to help you to feel more fulfilled in your role as a parent and knowing that there's so much that you're doing that is so good and so wonderful. And the fact that you're doing this course shows that you care deeply. So when you take the things that you learn here, you're gonna come away feeling more empowered and that you have more opportunities to help your child grow, to help you grow and to become together with your child a powerful force that is going to have a real impact in the world. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation. We now invite you to go to gemtrain.org and gain the additional guidance from this presenter that can help you fully grow and flourish as you gain the skills and confidence to help those you love 
on the autism spectrum.